You're not alone. Hello there and welcome to another episode of the Salt Mines X-Wing podcast, a podcast dedicated to the backbone of the X-Wing community. That's right, people just like you doing what they can to get better at the game. I'm your host, Sailor Joe, and today I've got a bunch of things that I want to talk about, uh, as well as continuing on our uh, series of reading through the rules forum, AMG rules forum. Uh, I'll be giving away the uh, this month's ship, and uh, be talking about tokens and Patreon rewards and all that other fun stuff. But without further ado, let's go ahead and kick off back into reading of the AMG Rules Forum. So, the next post, Base Nub Guides and Bumping. OP, if the base guide nubs are not counted when finding the attack range, are they also counted when seeing if a ship will bump into another ship? Answer, no, the guides on the ship base are ignored only when measuring range or determining whether ships are in an arc. If a ship could not fully execute a maneuver as a result of the guides overlapping another ship, then the ship is considered to have partially executed its maneuver and should be placed according to the standard rules for overlapping another object. Next post. Nantech's interaction with veteran wing leader. This is an epic question. If a Nantech's equipped with veteran wing leader command upgrade tractors himself via pinpoint tractor ray, is he forced to split from the wing? One, the leader barrels boost via being self-tractored. The leader tractors himself but does not reposition. Uh, additionally, if the if a Nantex wingmate tractors himself to rotate his turret but does not raise position, is he forced to split from the wing? I am typically a rules-as-written type of player, and the rules seem to be read this way, but since the self-tractoring works more like a, coast, a costed barrel roll or boost from the wing leader, it seems like an oversight. It makes sense that they could reposition after the wing has moved, which fit within the rules and concept of X-Wing, but as written, the wing would break every time they try to rotate their turret, which seems to go against the purpose of the veteran wing leader command upgrade, which is currently a legal upgrade for the Nantex. Answer. After reviewing some of other questions around wing leader, wing mate relationship, and tractoring, we would like to update this ruling. Force, force splitting can occur when either the wingmate or the wing leader become tractored. This would include becoming tractored, attempting the Nantex Starfighter's pinpoint tractor array ship ability. In addition to this, during the activation phases and other times, a wingmate is limited to the following actions. Calculate, evade, focus, reinforce, or lock. As a rotate is not an available action a wingmate can perform, when they were unable to perform the pinpoint tractor ray ship ability. Next question. Thane Kyrell's ability and snapshot. OP. Hi all, my question to you is this. 
is spending a die result modifying that die in regards to Thane Kyrell's ability and the snapshot card text. Thane Kyrell's card reads, while you perform an attack you may spend one focus, hit, or crit result, crit is lined through, to look at the defender's face down damage cards, choose one and expose it. And the snapshot card reads, after an enemy ship executes a maneuver, you may perform this attack against it as a bonus attack. Attack. Your dice cannot be modified. Thanks in advance. Answer. Yes, spending a die result is one of the ways a player can modify dice and would not be allowed to would not be allowed when using snapshot. Players can modify dice by spending various tokens or by resolving abilities. Dice can be modified in the following ways. Add. To add a die result, place an unused die displaying the result next to the rolled dice. A die added in this way is treated as a normal dice for the purposes and can be modified and cancelled. Reroll. To reroll a die result, pick up the die and roll it again. Change. To change a die, roll, die result, rotate the die so that the face-up side displays a new result. Spend. To spend a result, remove the die from the dice pools. I find it easy if you just remember your arcs. Add, reroll, change, spin. Alright, next question. Tobias Beckett and Boba Fett crew combo. OP, since Tobias Beckett's crew card says after placing forces, but still during the setup phase, and the Boba Fett crew is at the end of the setup, setup can Beckett be used to move an obstacle which the ship then deploys on using Boba? Answer. Yes, the setup phase consists of six steps. One, gather forces. Two, determine player order. Three, establish play area. Four, place obstacles. Five, place forces. Six, prepare other components. Tobias Beckett crew happens after the place forces step, step five, and the ship carrying Boba Fett crew starts is starts in reserve and is placed after the setup phase is complete. Alright, next question. Unofficial cards. OP. Hey, can I get a ruling on whether unofficial cards, specifically pilots and upgrades, can be used at tournaments? And if so, can they replace the official one if I don't own it? Answer. Players must use official cards at all official events. Pretty straightforward. Alright, next one. Can E.T. Anakin add his ability to the queue while not possessing any red tokens. Here's the situation. Oh, this is from the OP. I have ETA Anakin with chopper equipped. Fully execute my blue or white maneuver and have no stress tokens at the time. There's one enemy ship at range one, no other friendly ships at range one, and I have a force token available. Can I queue chopper first, followed by Anakin, meaning that I take the red evade and then remove it with Anakin's pilot ability. The argument I've seen against it being allowed is that as Anakin's effect cannot be resolved at the time of adding the ability to the queue because I did not possess any red tokens. So when I make the check of can I pay the cost, 
to add his ability to the queue, it fails since flipping the force token would not be allowed by the statement. A ship cannot pay a cost of an effect, or a ship can pay a cost for an effect only if the effect can be resolved on page two of the rules reference. The argument in favor of it being allowed is that I have an active force token available to pay the cost, therefore I can pay the cost, and I only make the check for the effect can be resolved when I reach Anakin's ability in the queue. Can you clarify which argument is correct? Answer. Yes. Under these circumstances, Anakin Skywalkers and the ETA-2 Actus may add both abilities to the queue as they have the same timing. Anakin may first resolve C1-10P's red evade action, then remove the resultant stress with his pilot ability. In order to add an ability to the, abil to the queue, you must meet the ability's requirements and be able to pay the cost of the ability. In your example, Anakin has met the ability's requirements. He also has an unspent fourth, so he's able to pay the cost. He does not check to see if the effect can be resolved and thus can pay the cost until the proper timing to actually do so. Next question. Quick draw and inertial dampeners. OP. Under the changes in the rules reference, under charges in the rules references, the following. When an effect instructs a ship to lose a charge, a charge assigned to the relevant card is flipped to the inactive side. When a ship spends a charge, that charge is lost. A ship cannot spend a charge for an effect if all of its charges that are available for that effect are, are already inactive. Quick Draw states, after you lose one shield, you may spend one charge. If you do, you may perform a bonus attack. Since spending a shield causes the shield to be lost, if Quick Draw is assigned inertial dampeners by Agent Terex, Quick Draw should be able to execute a white stock stop and perform her bonus attack for spending and thus losing the shield. Correct? Answer. Yes. If Quick Draw, in the TIE SF, spends a shield, it is lost, trig triggering Quick Draw's pilot ability. Next question. Fen Range 1. OP. Pretty sure that Fen doesn't get extra die in this scenario, but I wanted to make sure. Due to the angles, he has range 1 for the first shot. Gets the extra die. Return shot ends up being range 2 in arc, but he is range 1 of the attacker. Does he get his extra die for being at range 1? Also, since he is a range 1, but not in range 1 of the front arc of the opponent, would he receive Concordia? I think it's no to both since the attack range ended up being 2, but I wanted to be sure. Answer, no. Both Fen Rouse, Fang Fighter's pilot ability, and Concordia face-off require the attack range to be range 1. The attack range is determined by measuring range from the closest point of the attacker to the closest point of the defender in the attack arc. Next question. IG-88B with snapshot. IG-88B's ability has this ability. After you perform an attack that misses, you may perform a bonus attack. If IG-88B misses with snapshot, can it choose to fire an ion cannon or an auto blaster shot instead? 
If so, during the engagement phase, if IG-88B misses again with its first attack, could it be could it use its ion or cannon or auto blaster again? <clears throat> or are there too many bonus attacks during the activation and engagement phases? Answer: No, a ship can only perform one bonus attack per round. Anything that permits permits an attack outside of the standard attack allowed to a ship when it engages as a bonus attack. In this example, Snapshot is a bonus attack for this round. You would not be able to perform any other bonus attacks with IG-88B until the following round. Next question. Ahsoka Tano's Aether Sprite ability with Hound Lat. OP. Is the following scenario possible due to the pilot's ability and action cue? Ahsoka Tano with patience and CLT with two force points available and in friendly hounds firing arc flies over a glass cloud but fully executed the maneuver. She chooses to use fine-tuned controls to boost. She can then spend another force to gain a focus per her ability. Question mark. Presumably, she could not perform a normal action due to her moving through an obstacle. After her action cue finishes, she rolls and receives a strain token. She passes it to Hound, who has no strain or deplete tokens, and Ahsoka in his turret arc. At the start of the engagement, there is an enemy ship in Ahsoka's firing arc, and she uses patience to gain a deplete token to regenerate one force charge. She is still in Hound's firing arc and sends to deplete token to hound. Please let me know if I have the timing and actions available in the correct order. Answer. You're mostly there. There's just one slight change. As the effects of overlapping a gas cloud in the game effect is a game effect, it must resolve first in the ability queue. So here's what it should look like. After Ahsoka fully executes maneuver, the following enters the ability queue. Resolve effects from overlapping the gas clouds rolls for a strength token. Ahsoka receives one strength token. Hound has no strength tokens and transfers this to himself. Fine-tune controls is next. Spend one force to boost. Pilability after that. Spend one force to gain one focus token. Skip the perform action step for overlapping the gas cloud. Start of engagement phase. Enemy ship in Ahsoka's front arc. Gains deplete to recover one force. Hound has no deplete tokens and transfers this one to him. End result? Ahsoka with one force. Hound with one deplete token and one strain token. Next question. ETA2 Actus with Auto Blaster. Uh, old topic because we know that they don't have it anymore. But we're going to go ahead and read it, read through it anyway. OP, just started to, just started 2.0 player here. Just wondering that when using auto blasters on the Ada 2 Actus ship, when attacking with the bullseye arc, do you receive an extra die from auto blast, giving you four dice in total before modifications for range? Answer, no. Auto blasters cannon is a special weapon that has an attack value of two. If the defender is in your bullseye arc, you roll one additional deck attack die. However, as Auto Blasters does not have an ordnance icon on its card, which indicates that range bonuses are not applied, if the attack range was 1, 
you would be able to apply the range bonus and roll one more attack die for a total of four die. Alright, next question. Deathfire, Imperial Bomber, destroyed at the end of the activation phase. OP, we just met an interesting scene while chatting online. Here's the hero of the topic, Deathfire, in the TIE Bomber. Pilot ability, after you are destroyed, before you are removed, you may perform an attack and drop or launch one device. And here's the scene. A proton bomb detonates at the end of the activation phase of round N and destroys Deathfire, who still has an, an activated charge of its concussion bombs. Deathfire uses his pilot ability to drop concussion bombs and is removed from the game later. Then the question comes to mind. Will the concussion bomb detonate at the same end of the activation phase, round N, or shall it detonate at the next end of activation phase, round N plus 1? I think it should detonate at the same end of activation phase, round N, since the game effect is added to the ability queue in the timing window that is not yet closed up, but I'm not sure about it. Is this right? Answer. No. While Deathfire's ability to drop the concussion bombs upon destruction is an ability triggered by something already in the ability queue, the concussion bombs detonating is not, and as such it would not detonate until the end of the following activation phase. Alright. Next question. Dengar and Zim Wessel after you defend timing question. The situation came up in the game. Dengar has a target lock from a prior round and was shot by a ship he has locked. Dengar also has Zam crew and the you should thank me condition in play. Both Dengar's revenge shot pilot ability and the Zam condition trigger after you defend. So the question is this. Can Dengar opt to revenge attack first and then spend the target lock he already has on the attacker? Then after doing this take the target lock on the same ship using Zam's you should thank me condition. Both trigger after defending is unclear if Zam now works after Demgar has become an attacker using his ability. Answer. No. The aftermath step breaks down which abilities get resolved in which order. Resolve. So A. Resolve any of the defender player's abilities that trigger after a ship defends or is destroyed. Excluding abilities that grant a bonus attack. B. Resolve any of the attacking player's abilities that trigger after a ship performs an attack or is destroyed, excluding abilities that grant a bonus attack. C. Resolve any of the defending player's abilities that trigger after a ship defends or is destroyed that grant a bonus attack. And D. Resolve any of the attacking player's abilities that trigger after a ship performs an attack or is destroyed that grant a bonus attack. In this example, the you should thank me condition would be resolved first, followed by a bonus attack granted by Dengar's pilot ability. Next topic. Vader Defender and Defender Elite Config. OP. Can Vader Defender pilot perform an attack using cluster missiles? Spend the extra charge for the bonus cluster attack. Thus, per Defender Elite Config, Advanced fire control still perform a bonus primary as well, or does he get one or the other 
per the one bonus attack rule. Thanks. Answer. No. A ship can perform only one bonus attack per round. Anything that permits an outside, an attack outside of the standard attack allowed to a ship when it engages it's a bonus attack. In this example, the second cluster missile attack would be the bonus attack for this round. You would not be able to perform any other bonus attacks with Darth Vader until the following round. Next question. Is being dealt the damage card the same as suffering damage? So here's the exact scenario. Sane Morana attacks Vader with hate. She rolls a crit and opts to cancel the remaining results to deal face down damage card. Does Vader get to recover a force? Sane Morana reads, while you perform an attack, you may spend one critical hit result. If you do deal one face down damage card to the defender, then cancel your remaining results. Hate, after you suffer one or more damage, recover that many force. Rules reference page 9. If an effect instructs a player to deal damage card to the ship, this is different from the ship suffering damage. The card is dealt to the ship regardless of whether the ship has any active shields. I feel like it's trying to say that being dealt a face down damage card is different from the standard flow of suffering damage where you first lose a shield and then once all of your shields are depleted take a damage. But wondering if it's different from a ship suffering damage also could be interpreted as does not count as suffering damage. Answer. No. Dealing a damage card to a ship is not the same as that ship suffering damage and would not trigger any after you suffer one or more damage effects. Next question. Setting the maneuver dial outside of of the planning phase to get one more round or skipping the end phase. Scenario. There is very little time remaining in a close game. The losing player wants one more round to try to win the game while the players are rolling dice for attacks and defenses in the engagement phase. The losing player sets a maneuver dial for one of his ships and places it face down. The players then finish all dice rolls for the attack and defenses in the engagement phase and resolve all engagement phase abilities. The losing player immediately declares out loud planning phase. The losing player points out that he has a maneuver dial all set already. Time in game expires seconds later. Neither of the player has acknowledged the in phase or performed any in place tasks such as flipping recurring tokens to active, flipping force back to active, or removing circular tokens from play to create an accurate board state for the next turn, if there should be even a next turn. It is likely that the players, that if the players had acknowledged the inflame to perform the task, that time in the game would have expired. Question presented. One. Do players have a duty to acknowledge the end phase or perform in phase tasks prior to setting the dial? 2. Can a player set a maneuver dial in a phase other than the planning phase before time expires to justify being in the planning phase so they get one more round in the game and skip over the end phase? 3. Is the answer to question 2 dependent on whether there are any end phase abilities which need to be resolved? Certainly, if there are any end phase abilities that can happen, at the start of the end phase or during the end phase, then those must 
be resolved and cannot be unilaterally skipped, especially if there are any opponent's abilities. But what if the in-phase tasks are only the mere formalities of flipping recurring charges, flipping force back to active, and or removing circular tokens? Can the losing player skip those tasks which were performed in the in-phase, set, dial, set their dials before time expires to justify beginning in the planning phase, then go back and tend to the in-phase task after time has expired while the other player sets their dials? 4. Is an accurate board state required for setting dials? 5. Is an accurate board state required for the declaration that the players are now in the planning phase? Answer. Players need to complete all parts of a game in order, in the order they should be completed, and each player has to confirm a phase is over before moving to the next phase. If someone is rushing someone to move to the next phase so they can squeeze in another round, that is poor, poor sportsmanship and should be dealt with as such. Players' efforts to win a game should be contained to the game, not abusing tournament systems. All right, next one. Genesis Red versus FTC Paylob. OP. I'm not 100% sure this hasn't been answered already, but how does this interaction work? Genesis Red target locks a stacked up Paylob equipped with false transponder codes. I know the player order determines which ability triggered first, Genesis Red or FTC, but what happens if Paylob has first player? Does FTC go off first, jam away the lock, and then Genesis Red gets the green tokens anyway? Or does Genesis Red get nothing because he doesn't have a lock shipped? So, here's the answer. No, the lock still happened. It's just gone by time the ability queues resolves. Here's the breakdown, assuming first player controls Paylob. Genesis Red locks Paylob. Both false transponder codes in Genesis Red's pilot ability enter the queue. False transponder codes resolve first. Genesis Red gains a jam token and the payload player breaks a lock and removes a green token f or removes a green token from Genesis Red. Genesis Red pilot ability is resolved next. Genesis, Genesis Red removes all of his focus or evades tokens, but as payload is no longer locked, does not gain tokens per his pilot ability. All right. Next question, fifth brother with homing slash tracers. All right, here is the question. Fifth brother attacks and hits with ion missiles. His, his ability to add a crit result is, re, is used. Does defender suffer a critical hit or is it turned to an ion token? And two, fifth brother attacks and hits with the XX23 tracers. His ability is used. Does the defender suffer a critical hit, or is it canceled along with the other results? Thank you for your work. Answer. Hi. The critical result added to Fifth Brother's pilot ability is added after the neutralized result step, but before the deal damage step. All the remaining damage that would be dealt, including the critical damage added by Fifth Fifth Brother's pilot ability would then follow the instructions on the associated cards. For ion missiles, it would be replaced with ion tokens. If Fifth Brother hits with the threat tracers during the neutralized result steps, resolve the missile's ability, lock acquisitions, then cancel all dice results, 
after the neutralize result step, you may resolve Fifth Brother's ability, which adds a critical hit. The defender suffers this critical hit during the deal damage step. All right, that's actually interesting. A little bit different for both missiles. All right, moving on to the next one. Um, I clicked a few more of these than I wanted, so this is going to be a slightly longer episode than normal. Um, so I do appreciate you sticking with me. Um, all right, next question. Fifth brother with homing missiles. Um, OP, homing missiles reads, attack, lock required, spend one charge. After you declare to the defender, defender may choose to suffer one damage. If he does, skip the attack and defense dice in the attack is treated as hitting. Fifth brother ability reads, while you perform an attack after the neutralized result steps, if the attack hit, you may spend two force to add one crit result. I've seen people say that you can use fifth brother's ability when the defender chooses to suffer damage to add another crit on top of the hit, but me and a buddy are disagreeing on this. He says that because we're skipping the attack and defense steps, we can't add a crit result. I looked around and couldn't find this specific case in the forums. What do you guys think? Answer. If Fifth Brother and the Tithe One attacked with homing missiles and the defender chooses to suffer one damage, skip the attack and defense die steps, attacks two, attack steps two and three. All other steps are still observed. After the neutralized result steps, you may resolve Fifth Brother's ability, which adds a critical hit. The defender suffers this critical hit during the deal damage step. All right. Good to know. Page Tico Pilot and Trajectory Simulator. Does Page Tico's pilot ability work with Trajectory Simulator? No. Page Tico in the MG100 Star Fortress ability triggers after she drops a device. Trajectory Simulator is a, effect, a replacement effect that launches a bomb instead. When a replacement effect resolves, the replaced effect is treated as not as having not occurred. Okay, false transponder codes. OP, if my ship has false transponder codes equipped and I target lock a ship with no tokens on it, what happens? Do I lose the charge on false transponder codes or do I also break my lock? Answer, your ship loses the charge on false transponder codes and the lock ship gains a jam token. In your scenario, the lock ship has no tokens aside from the lock token you just assigned. You may break one of its locks. If it also has no lock, it remains jammed until it gains a green token or acquires a lock or clears the jam token in step three of the end phase or has some alternative means of removing the jam token. Note that your jam effect on another ship would not break your lock on the ship. You have, to lo you have a lock on the ship. The ship has a corresponding lock token. Locks and lock tokens are distinct and it is vital not to confuse the two. Next question. Derek Clevin and Vectric Thrust Vectored Thrusters. OP, after taking a lock action, can Derek Clevian add the Vectored Thrusters ship ability to the queue before his pilot ability? Answer, yes. Derek Clevin's I'm probably saying that wrong. Pilot ability and ship ability would both enter his uh, the ability queue at the same time, and we would be able to resolve them in either order. All right. Next question: Docking allied ships. Op. Does docking 
only allow friendly ships, or can allied ships be added to a fleet with in it for the money be docked? E.g. to Gazanti. Thank you. Answer. While some abilities allow a ship to be attached or ride inside another friendly ship docked, a ship is not friendly to its allied ship. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm reading that. that is, a ship is not friendly to its allied ships, and abilities that affect friendly ships do not affect allied ships. I would have liked to seen a little more clarity in the answer on this one. All right, next question. Strain. When exactly during the attack is a strain token removed from a strain ship after a defense? Is it removed between 3A and 3B, or after 3B, or during step 6? Answer. Hi. After a strain ship applies the effect to roll one fewer defense dice in this way, it removes one strain token. Strain tokens are removed after rolling the appropriate amount of dice. The timing for this is after step 3A before step 3B. Next question. How many bonus attacks can I do in Epic? OP. Is it that huge ships can do as many bonus attacks as they want and normal ships can still only do one extra? Or could Maul on the Infiltrator with Zam Wessel as a crew do three total attacks in one turn? Hi. While a huge ship may perform any number of bonus attacks before or after its standard attack, standard ships can only perform one bonus attack per round. Alright, next question. First edition components. OP, I recently bought a first edition Raider, which includes three deplete clouds, that is not included in any of the second edition packs. Can I use these debris clouds in a second edition game? Answer, no. In an official tournament, each player must include exactly three unique obstacles of their choice in their squad, selected from the asteroids, gas clouds, and debris clouds available from official X-Wing products, including first edition products, except those found in Epic expansions. A player may not select two of the same obstacle. However, in a casual game, check with your opponent to see if they would be fine with you using them at an unofficial tournament. Check with tournament organizer or marshal who have the final say on the legality of these components at their event. Bonus attacks. OP. Can you do a bonus attack with a primary even if you've shot from it earlier? For example, if you've had Zamwessel crew you have to have a cannon or a missile or something to do a bonus attack if you've already shot from your primary? Answer, yes, you may use any weapon if granted a bonus attack, including the weapon you have already used, unless the bonus attack stipulates a specific weapon. Next question. Riff, Tamson, and Drill Beak. Alright, so the question, and this is, goes without, a, without an answer, Assuming you have the energy to do so, would a Triant with Drill Beak and Rift Tamson be able to use Drill Beak twice? Once at initiative 5 and once at 0. And if so, what is the total energy cost? Thread was locked and not answered. 
Next question, Hondo Anako crew ability. When using Hondo's crew ability, it allows you to choose two ships in range that you are friendly to that are friendly to each other. Can be enemy ships as long as they're friendly to each other. You've jammed one and coordinate the other. When coordinating an enemy ship, would I choose their action or would my opponent, the one flying the ship, choose the action? Hi. So this is the answer. Hi. When an effect such as Hondo Naka crew coordinates an enemy ship, the controller of the coordinated ship chooses the action. Next question. OP. Zam's quick build card has Hotshot Gunner, which is only allowed for mobile arc turrets. Is this a typo or is it allowed to use the ability without having to firing without firing from a mortal uh, mobile arc? Answer. Hi, this looks to be a typo. I passed it on to the team and they're looking into it. Alright, next question. Zam Wessel's condition cards and when their effects are result. Hi, rules team. The rules for secret conditions, rules reference page 9, specify that the face-down secret condition cards are revealed when their effects are resolved. Zam Wessel's crew and fire spray patrol craft conditions text specify at the start of the system phase, remove this condition. Is applying this clause considered resolving the effect of the condition, therefore requiring Zam player to show the opponent the face-down card, or is this a separate effect that is considered not considered resolving. To rephrase the question in a less rules precise manner, if a ZAM condition card has not been revealed by the end of the turn, do you need to show it to your opponent which card you chose? Answer. No. If ZAM condition card has not been resolved by the end of the engagement phase, you do not need to show your opponent which card you choose. You remove the secret condition at the start of the system phase. Once removed, there is no effect to resolve. Alright, false transponder codes and debris. OP. If a ship with false transponder codes attempts to lock an enemy ship and and none are in range, meaning it has to lock an, has to lock an obstacle in range, let's say a debris field, does FTC trigger and you jam the debris field even though it has no effect? Hi, it looks like we've already answered a uh, similar question here. We're in the process of tagging each post with the relevant keyword cards involved so that searching for answers becomes a little bit easier. I hope this helps. Alright, next question. Epic Play Targeting Battery. This is probably explained in the FAQ above, but I figured I'd ask for full clarity and game intent. The targeting battery hardpoint is a range 2 to 5 attack and allows the attacker to acquire a lock afterwards. If you shoot at range 4 to 5, are you still able to require a lock? It seems that this setup would enable the turbo laser battery. Answer. No, while a huge ship may be able to equip hardpoint upgrades that enable it to perform attacks up to range 5, acquiring a lock is still restricted at two ranges, zero to three, unless a card ability specifically allows it, such as Center Experts Team. From the rules reference, question, after performing an attack with the targeting battery hardpoint against a defender at range four to five, can the attacker acquire a lock on the defender? Answer, the targeting pad 
battery is the only card if targeting battery is the only card to play no targeting battery does not read ignoring range restrictions therefore a ship must obey the normal range restrictions for acquiring locks however there are a number of ways huge ships can circumvent this limitation the CR90's broadside battery ship ability allows it to require locks at range 4 and boosted scanners cargo upgrades allows a ship to spend energy to increase the range at which it can lock letting it acquire a target lock from a target battery at range 4 or 5. Alright just a couple more questions um, next one ion cannon clarification I recently did played ion cannon and my opponent rolled two evades against my three hits the attack hit once so does this mean he gains two ion tokens because the ha the attack did indeed hit, ignoring his evades? Or do his evades count so uh, two of my hits and thus two of the ion tokens, leaving him with one damage and nothing else? Thank you. Answer. Step four of an attack. Neutralize results. During the step, pairs of attack and defense dice neutralize each other, with the hit results being canceled before critical results unless specified by certain cards. If an attack hits... An attack hits if at least one hit or critical hit result remains uncancelled. In this instance, two hits results would have been neutralized by two evades results, leaving one hit to determine if the attack hit. An ion cannon requires you to spend one hit or critical hit result to cause the defender to suffer one damage, while all remaining hits or critical hit results inflicting ion tokens instead of damage. As you have spent the one remaining hit to deal one damage to your opponent, the other two results were neutralized, and there would be no remaining results to convert into ion tokens. Next question, medium and large ship decloak. OP, when decloaking barrel roll or a medium or large base, do you align the narrow or long edge to the ship's base? Answer. When a medium or large base ship decloaks to the left or right, you follow the same rules of performing a barrel roll with a medium or large base ship. One, take a one straight template. Two, place the long place the long edge along the template flush to the left or right side of the ship's base. The template must be placed with the middle line of the template aligned with a hash mark on the side of the base. Lift the ship off the play surface, then place the ship with the hash mark side with the base aligned to the front, middle, or back of the narrow end of the template. Return the template to supply. Next question. How many focus tokens with Blaze Malbus? Hi folks. Digging deep into the barely used rebel upgrade pile here, Blaze Malbus takes while you perform a focus action you may treat it as red. If you do, gain one additional focus token for each enemy at range 0 to 1 to a maximum of 2. If Cassian Andor and the Rebel U-Wing takes a focus action with Blaze Mambus aboard with two enemy ships at range 0 to 1, how many focus tokens does he end up with? Is it 2, first focus action, plus 1 to reach the maximum of two total focus tokens? Or is it 3, first focus, plus 2 for each additional uh, enemy ship at range 0 to 1 for a maximum of two additional focus tokens? Answer. While you perform the focus action, place Malibu's crew allows you to gain up to two additional focus tokens. In your example, you would finish with three focus tokens and one stress token. Alright, next question. Um, ship deployment. 
When you want a ship to deploy, let's say a Z95 out of the YV666, when do you plan the dial? Also, in the rules it says that the, they deploy using their initiative, but that would be referring to when multiple ships deploy at one time during the system phase, correct? Not during the normal activation for their initiative? Answer. During the system phase, the sequence of play starts with a ship with the lowest initiative and continues in ascending order. Any ship that wishes to deploy that round would have a chance to do so at their initiative value, choosing the maneuver on their dial and following the steps for deploying in the rules reference guide. Next question. Wedge, RZ-1, A-Wing, without maneuver, EPT, and vectored cannons. OP. Does the vectored cannon replace wedge normal front arc or is a turret mark added? So could wedge shoot normally with his primary arc to use outmaneuver or must he use the turret arc? Answer. Equipping vectored cannons replaces the front arc requirement of your primary attack with a turret arc requirement. As a result, any primary attack wedge performs would be with the turret arc and would no longer meet the conditions for outmaneuver talent to trigger. Alright, next question. Huge ships and advanced maneuvers. Uh, it looks like they've already answered this question so I'm going to go ahead and skip over it. Uh, next question, epic remote question. OP, so next week we're holding an epic event. I would like to try out the new tracking torpedo from the tri Trident Pack. On the reference it says that each torpedo has three hull points, but on the card it says that each torpedo has four hull points. Which one should I follow? Per the card rulebook? I think it's... Oh, uh, anyway. The answer is the card is correct. Tracking torpedoes have four hull points each. Okay. Alright, that was a whole lot, and there's still a couple other things that I want to talk about. Um... So I will try to be as brief as possible. First things first, the stress tokens came in for uh, uh, this quarter's Patreon rewards. And I just want to say um, they look great and I'm feeling incredibly dangerous. And I may or may not have ordered way more than I needed. So as a result of all of those things, I am doubling... That's right, you heard me doubling the amount of tokens you get if you sign up before the end of December. So that uh, that means if you are at the uh, top tier, um, you'll get 10 tokens. The middle tier, you'll get 6. And the bottom tier, you'll get 2. So enjoy. Um, and I will keep this uh, number going for all future quarterly tokens. All right. Next, we've got to give away our ship of the month. Uh, this month, we are giving away an RZ-2 A-Wing. And the winner is... Gary J. Wow, good, good job on Gary managing to win two, uh, his second ship um, during this. Sometimes it pays to be a higher tier patron you get more chances to win. So speaking of, um, as as I've said before, next month's giveaway is uh, going to be an Ada 2 Actus. 
And um, so this one other thing that I, I wanted to add because it kind of plays in here is I managed to, I played a tournament this weekend uh, in L.A. at Gameology and managed to uh, win the whole thing. And as part of my store credit, because I don't go up to L.A. that often, uh, I went ahead and picked up a lat for January's ship giveaway. So um, two very rare ships that are hard to come by are going to be given away in December and January. So make sure to sign up if you're interested in doing that. Again, the Patreon rewards are as follows. Uh, the bottom tier gets you one entry into the monthly giveaway. The middle tier gets you two entries, and the top tier gets you three entries into the monthly giveaway. I do it random. I have everyone's name set up in a spreadsheet, and I do random numbers based off of that. Um, so if you want to do that, uh, please consider joining the Patreon. And again, you also get those quarterly tokens that I mentioned before. So um, you're not just putting in and um, getting nothing out of it. Plus, you're supporting this podcast, and I very much appreciate your support. So if you are interested, please go to patreon.com slash saltminesxwing, and I really appreciate your support. If you are interested in supporting this podcast in non-financial ways, please consider leaving a review however you consume it. It really means a lot to me. And as you know, I like to end every podcast with a question. This week's question is, now that you've had time to adjust to uh, road, what are your thoughts on it? All right, this is Sailor Joe signing off.